Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you're listening to episode number 55 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. Wow, 55 episodes. Uh, started out as a passion project last January 2022. Here we are, April 2023. Been talking about a lot of movies on this show. It's all been for the love of movies. And I know I say this every week, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week and listens to this show. And now the uh, the second one, let me fill you in. Your support, your embrace, your enthusiasm, your encouragement, your suggestions, and, and most important of all, your friendship has just meant the world to me. So I thank you so very much for tuning in and being a part of this cinematic community as i said we're all united in our love for movies and uh you know god willing gonna keep uh, gonna keep on doing this show as long uh as long as there are movies or as long as my voice uh will let me uh but in any event just thank you for being a part of this and uh look forward to talking many 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 more films with you in the uh in the days weeks months and hopefully years to come so on that, wanted to sort of change uh, change topics a little bit today, maybe a little bit of a, a palate cleanser, if you will. I've uh, sort of been covering a lot of horror films and uh, leaning more into the macabre recently. Uh, still, uh, still reeling from my uh, my viewing of Bo Was Afraid. Uh, definitely one of the most inventive and, and original films I have seen this year and, and frankly in quite some time and I highly recommend you check it out. It is the more I think about it, the more I think it might be Ari Aster's strongest film to date. Uh, and of course Joaquin Phoenix is always brilliant. But I won't go down that rabbit hole again. Uh, uh I, I imagine there'll be a revisiting of that film uh at some point later this year and you know, have another chance to to go at it and maybe uh, do more in depth analysis and discussion on it. Uh, but it's it's playing right now. It's actually doing surprisingly well at the box office for such a a niche film. But uh, you know, hey, people love original films. I certainly love original films and original storytelling. And gonna throw out that word, but but a piece of cinema, and that uh, that certainly fits the bill. With Bo is Afraid, so definitely check it out if that is your cup of tea. But as I said at the beginning, trying to change the palette a little bit uh, now, a, a different cup of tea, if you will. And I thought today would be an, uh, a perfect opportunity to revisit a film that I think is held pretty highly in, in, in regards with, with uh, its, uh, its standing. Uh, I think it's, it's a film that most people... Uh, have have a fond memory of, and certainly have connected to, uh, and for many, it's it's some of their one of their favorite films. And of course, the movie that I'm talking about, uh, drum, drum roll please, is the 1991 Steven Spielberg, Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams, retelling, reimagining of Peter Pan in Hook. And so, I thought today would be a perfect opportunity to revisit this film because. Interestingly enough, Steven Spielberg has uh, not held it up as one of his uh, one of his favorite films. He, he's been critical of this movie over the years. He was 
he has lamented that he was uh, unsatisfied with how the effects turned out and, and some of the uh, uh, scenes and, and, and story that take place in Neverland. But uh, I, I personally think the film, not only has it held up, but I think it is a magical piece of, of imagination and, and just a, a warm and, and frankly engaging family film. And, and that's something, you know, not to get all sentimental, but sometimes you need those kind of films. You need that diversity of, of stories and, and, and movies because you can't just have all one genre or, or the other. You have to, to sort of uh, mix it up, uh, if you will. But I figured right now there is a new Peter Pan film coming out. It's called Peter Pan and Wendy. It's going to be released on Disney+. Plus, and it's essentially a live-action remake of the of the classic animated film from Disney. It seems to be the continued trend that Disney has been going the last few years, starting with Beauty and the Beast, and Lion King, all these classic animated films getting a live uh, remake version, which uh, I, I will leave it to you to decide if you have watched all of these films, if you're a uh, if you're a fan or or not, or if you prefer the original, uh, I will certainly uh, keep my opinion uh, to myself. But uh, I, I thought, given that there is a new Peter Pan film, and Peter Pan is a story that seems to always be uh, be revisited many many times over the years. Uh, it's it, it's a, a classic story. It's a straightforward story, and it it lends itself it lends itself to reinterpretation and and reimagining. So I thought today would be a good opportunity to revisit, which I believe is the most uh, celebrated and frankly uh, special Peter Pan film uh, to date outside of the, the, the classic Disney film, and that is Steven Spielberg's Hook. So this is a this is going to be the episode for today revisiting this this classic film a, a film that was certainly part of my childhood growing up and, and certainly has a special place in uh, in my heart because of the Peter Pan story which I will get to in just a little bit so uh, you know full warning I mean if if you haven't seen the film there will be discussion uh, of spoilers and and uh, plot points I mean not that there's much uh, in the way that could be necessarily shocking, but if you haven't seen the film and you want to savor the, the the experience, this would be an opportunity to uh, disengage and step away from the podcast and return after you've had a chance to uh, see the film. All right, with that, we're heading off to the second star to the right, straight on until morning, off to Neverland. Okay, so the movie Hook. Steven Spielberg's retelling, reimagining his updated version of Peter Pan. And now this is not a remake, if you will, of the classic story, though it definitely borrows a lot of elements from J.M. Barrie's book, as well as nods to, of course, the classic Disney film. But this is not a remake. This is not a live-action version of Peter Pan, which... Interesting, interestingly enough, that is what this film started out as uh, during the production phase in, in the 80s. But ultimately, it was reconceived to be sort of you know, a reimagining of the Peter Pan story. A, a what if, uh, if you will. And so the premise of the film is Peter Pan, now known as Peter Banning, is an adult attorney... He's living in Los Angeles with uh, his family. 
and he's a big corporate raider. He's he's concerned with nothing but work and 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 making a lot of money and neglects his wife and family. So for the Christmas holiday, the family is going over to London, England, and they're going to be visiting his wife's grandmother. Now, interestingly enough, the grandmother, played by the wonderfully talented Maggie Smith, is Wendy Darling, the Wendy from the Peter Pan story. And the background is Peter Pan gave, you know, essentially gave up uh, being the, the, the little boy who wouldn't grow up because he fell in love with Wendy's granddaughter and thus never returned to Neverland. And now, 25, 30 years later, he has forgotten all about being Peter Pan. He's forgotten about Neverland, Captain Hook, the works. And so, through the course of events, Captain Hook, who of course uh, played by Dustin Hoffman in, in what I think is the best performance of the iconic hooked villain uh, uh, ever returns to the the real world, if you will, and kidnaps uh, uh, Peter's kids, takes them back to Neverland in, in an attempt to engage Peter in a final fight to the death, you know, to enact his revenge, if you will. Hook is always obsessed with revenge, and it's through this event that Peter has to rediscover himself, realizing that he is actually the Peter Pan from the stories, and has to go back to Neverland, become Peter Pan once more, and save his children and face his arch enemy, Captain Hook. So it's really a, a story of self-discovery and, and learning who you are again, kind of a, a reverse uh, coming-of-age story in a way, uh, sort of finding, you know, going back to your roots, going back to the beginning, and, and starting starting over. Now the the film, as I said, has been uh, has has been criticized uh, by the director Steven Spielberg. He has said over the years he was unsatisfied with the story. He felt it wasn't conceived to the best of its ability. He was happy with some of the stuff at the beginning, some of the stuff at the end, but a lot of the Neverland plot, which is the majority of the second act, he felt was was undeveloped and, or underdeveloped and. He's been unsatisfied with how the film uh, turned out, and one being the, the production value and the, and the sets. He said it was sort of limited to what was available at the time, whereas now, of course, you could do everything in a computer and, and make this vast digital landscape and, and really make Neverland pop, as you might see in uh, the 2003 live-action film, some of the other live-action films that have happened over the years, and, and certainly in the forthcoming Disney uh, Disney Plus film. But all of that aside, I think the production value to this film really holds up. And you know, again, you know, certainly the director is going to be the most critical of of his of his work because he's the one uh, behind the camera. He's the one guiding the story. But for the time, I mean, this is a magical, expansive landscape and yes today of course you could do everything in a computer and you could make everything uh, how you want it through uh, the, the advancements of digital technology but for a 1991 film I think it actually holds up pretty well uh, the flying sequences I think are just as strong as they would have been at the time certainly are comparable to what you would see even today but even just the the, the world itself, 
I think it, it holds up and, and, and it looks realistic, if you will, because the characters are invested. And that's where I go to, to Robin Williams. If there was ever someone who was born to play an adult Peter Pan, it's Robin Williams. I mean, he, he embodies Peter Pan you know, throughout this film. He embodied the aspects of Peter Pan in many ways throughout uh, throughout his his comedic life and his acting life, just a just a, a massive presence, and this really is a film where he he shines. I mean, from the the beginning, where he is this disgruntled, overworked, uh, high-strung corporate raider who then discovers that he's Peter Pan. It, it's it's really a magical performance. I mean, Robin Williams is another one who I think always gave. A great performance, even in a weak film. Not that this is a weak film, but he always was there. He always gave his best and committed 110% to his roles. And that is certainly the case in this film. It's a wonderful transition. You see him start out, of course, you know, he's all in a suit, tie, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you've got the dad bod, if you will. Very high strung individual. But once he goes back to Neverland, it's not instant, not instantaneous, because there's sort of this disbelief. No, I can't be Peter Pan. How could I be Peter Pan? Well, through, of course, the course of events, his ability to rediscover himself, to, to rediscover that inner child, he becomes the Peter Pan we all know and love, even though he's Peter Pan, you know, as a grown-up, it's still Peter Pan at heart. You've got the costume, you've got the antics, you've got that childhood wonder, which sadly many of us uh, lose as we get older. And and it's just such a, a magical performance because you're you're really seeing someone go from one point to another and, and sort of reclaiming their identity, discovering who they are, rediscovering their 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 roots and becoming a better version of themselves it's absolutely fantastic and of course robin williams is just having a ball and you know whether he's you know fighting dustin hoffman as captain hook or having an imaginary food fight with the lost boys i mean it's it's is what it's what robin williams did so best and it's i mean just watching this film i was just sort of remiss of how how much of a presence he left on on the world, and I mean, I know we shouldn't always hold up celebrities in in in, in, in high uh, in high places, but but he was a he was a, a one of a kind. He was a remarkable talent, and, and just watching him in this film, it, it just made me miss his his presence as both an actor and comedian, but also as a human being. He's just a just a, a wonderful wonderful person who you know who truly made the world uh, a better place in his own unique way but i mean man this was a this was a perfect role for him especially in the in the early 1990s to to play a, a, an adult peter pan i mean he is just having an absolute ball and it, and it's again it's only as robin williams uh, could do it i mean i couldn't imagine any other actor at that time playing Peter Pan and embodying all the aspects of the character the 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 the, the shouting and the screaming of for joy and the just the the boyhood uh, 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 antics I mean it's just he, he nails it and it's like okay yeah that's Peter Pan like you just you just buy it. it's that's that's Peter Pan but 
that's that's sort of the main crux of this film, which is really about rediscovering who you are and, and realizing that you know while we have to grow up, while we we have to to move on, we should always hold on to a part of our youth. And certainly in the case of of Peter Pan, that's a large portion of the story. I mean, he's a boy who who wouldn't grow up, he would never grow up, and. And while you know certainly Peter Pan in this instance has grown up and has uh, become a, a husband and a father, the story really takes him back, of course, to the uh, to his origins and kind of reminds him that you know it's okay to to hold on to to childhood. It's okay to hold on to youth and and to not always be so serious and and uptight at the same time. And I think kind of you know. As an interesting parallel, an interesting contrast is, of course, the character of Captain Hook, as I said, played magnificently by Dustin Hoffman. I mean, this is a this is a phenomenal uh, role. Where, I mean, Robin Williams is is outstanding. He's great. But when you are watching Dustin Hoffman play Captain Hook, it's one of those roles where I know I've mentioned this before on the show. I think you know, most recently uh, with mention to, to Heath Ledger as the Joker. When you were watching Hoffman, you don't see Hoffman. I, I mean, I, I mean, yes, he's got makeup. Yes, he has a wig. But you you never see the actor. You never hear the actor. You are watching Captain James Hook, and it's 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 marvelous because this this is where I'm going to get on my uh, <laughs> on my soapbox for a moment, and I'm going to also share with you my personal connection with Peter Pan. So, it seems to me, again, this is just this observer, all of the modern retellings of Peter Pan, whether it was the 2003 film, some of the other uh, origin prequel films that have been out, even the forthcoming Disney film with Jude Law as Captain Hook, all of them have made this this w- frankly bizarre and unneeded decision, I think, to make Peter, uh, make Captain Hook grimy, like he belongs in Pirates of the Caribbean. They, they've gone almost to an extent to to darken the lens, so to speak. And, and you know, again, not to make any comparison. There's no comparison, but to, to almost make him like the Joker. And Captain Hook is not the Joker. He's a classic villain certainly in in, in literature and in, uh, in in movies but he's his own his own man so to speak and I think this this sort of like oh let's make him grungier let's make him more like a pirate I think kind of loses the essence of the character yes he's a pirate yes he's a scoundrel but he is this regal villain he has a charisma to him he's very dignified and, and always dressed proper. He is, of course, after all, the captain. I mean, he may have a hook for a hand, but he is the captain. And to me, this film encapsulates everything about Captain Hook, how he should act, how he should talk, how he should dress. It's perfect. You know, again, he has that short fuse, but he keeps everything uh, kind of to himself in check. He is you know, sort of a, 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 the, 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 the master of command, if you will, the master of ceremony. And Hoffman just just nailed it. And, and he disappears 
into that role. You, you never for a moment see a, a glimmer of, of Hoffman. He is embodying Hook, even in the way that he walks or holds holds the sword or hold, you know, waves his, his hook. It, it's all in the presence and essence of the character. And it's, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's absolutely mesmerizing to watch. And, and I, as I said, I have a, a personal connection with the story. So I'm going to be getting a little more, uh, you know, open for a moment. I did a lot of theater um, growing up, you know, through high school and, and, and the like. And one of the plays that I did in high school was Peter Pan. And yours truly played Captain Hook. So I automatically have a soft spot for this story and for for Captain Hook. And, and it was just, it was a fun play. I, I it was probably the, the most fun I ever had playing any role. It was just a, it was one of those things where you can just let loose and, and have a great time with it. And, you know, most times with a villain, you know, you, you sort of want that layer. You don't want to be over the top. But but Captain Hook is the perfect villain where it's okay to go over the top. It's okay to be a little hammy. You don't have to be this uber serious psychological calculating villain, you know, forming a master plan. You know, of course, there's all the theatrics and the, and the drama, but... Uh, Captain Hook is, is sort of a, 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 a throwback villain to uh, you know to the golden age, if you will. I mean, he uh, he may not be quite a, a mustache twirling, uh, black capped uh, madman, but but there are sort of those interesting uh, interesting qualities to it. And you know, just rewatching this film and, and watching uh, watching Hoffman just just brought back all of my memories with this play and with this story and. And just what a what a timeless tale that it is, and I think that's what really appeals to me about this movie. Like I said, they could have gone the route of, of making this a a live action you know, version of the story. They didn't. It is a reimagining. It is a semi retelling, and in a way, it almost acts as a a sequel to the story because it's it's suggesting what happens. After what happens after Neverland, and I like the idea that there is certainly fidelity to to the source material, to the story, but at the same time, they never felt encumbered by by sort of the uh, you know the shackles of the story. They could could go and and make their own you know way with it and, and tell a tale that that made sense, and so. You know, while you know, you know, there are certainly the questions that you might have. Okay, well, wait, is you know, Peter Pan the story based on what actually happened, or, or what is it? And you know, the movie doesn't go out of its way necessarily to answer all of those questions. It just sort of presents it as it is, and and th- that to me, I think, is kind of kind of enjoyable and and refreshing because now it seems like a movie of this kind would spend half of its half of its runtime, or at least a good percentage of it, trying to explain, well, see, this is why it feels like it's real life, or this is why it was a story, or this is, you know, I mean, it would just overcomplicate it. And a lot of times, you know, this, you, know you have to just trust the audience. You have to trust the audience and, and let them follow and, and believe in the story. And that's definitely the case with uh, with this film. And, you know, interestingly enough, it was not a, a success, uh, necessarily. I mean, it made a decent amount of money, but 
it was regarded as somewhat of a, a disappointment when it it came out, and I think part of it is you know there is a, a, a sentimentality with this film. It, it is very uh, ch- you know very uh, child friendly, and it's and it's leans into the nostalgia of of childhood. But I think in some ways the film was ahead of its time. And, and and sort of you know if this movie had come out you know 10 20 years after the fact i think it probably would have resonated more with an audience um i i don't think necessarily people were expe- were ready or 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 expecting a, uh, an adult peter pan who has to rediscover himself uh but it's 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 actually a a perfect to me kind of companion piece to the peter pan story where it you know it's suggesting what what would happen if Peter Pan left Neverland and decided to grow up and and then kind of lost his way uh, into adulthood then ultimately had to to rediscover himself and and then of course you bring back you know Captain Hook who is this sort of uh, you know this uh, you know, metaphor for the the fear of, of of aging and the fear of of time marching on you know you've got a great You've got a great story. I mean, in the case of, of Peter Pan in this movie, he's moved on. He, he's he's gone on with his life, and and of course has forgotten all about it. And through the story, has to rediscover himself and, and remember that you know, hey, it's okay to you know still be a kid at heart and and to remember uh, your priorities. Whereas on the other hand, Captain Hook is someone perpetually stuck in time. He's frozen in time. He's afraid of getting older and in many ways that's what sets up this this battle with with Peter Pan that of course you know sort of is timeless in and of itself where yes that you know they have their 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 hatred of each other yes Peter cut off his his hand and fed it to a crocodile but it's it's a much deeper thematic story about about aging and, and refusing to age and the fear of of, of 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 death and the resentment towards youth I mean it's all it's all right there, and, and one of the things I find uh, kind of fascinating by the end of the film is that you know Captain Hook, who has been you know trying to egg on Peter throughout the entire film to fight him, fight him, fight him. Of course, at the end he is he is defeated. He doesn't win the fight, and just before he's about to be uh, swallowed uh, swallowed whole by the crocodile again, he cries out for his mommy. And so there's almost this this uh, recognition that you know. He, you know, he too, you know, doesn't doesn't want to grow up, and that he too, you know, is trying to to reclaim his his forgotten or or, or lost youth. And you know, he kind of looks at, at at Peter Pan, and this is someone who really did end up having it all. You know, he he you know, was this you know perpetual child, but yet at the same time grew up and then you know you know reconnected with himself again and made everything right. And I mean, it's. I mean, again, I could be reading way, way too much into this, but I, I think there's much more to this film than just a oh, a fun uh, adult Peter Pan played by Robin Williams fighting Dustin Hoffman as, as Captain Hook. I, I really think again, Spielberg has that, that 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 genius ability to give us characters that, in some cases, can be fantastical or, or larger than life, but but ground them in a way where we can connect and resonate with them on a human and emotional level. And I think, you know, you know, Steven Spielberg has said over the years, you know, he's still a big kid at heart. And I think that's definitely there 
in this film and 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 no no, no more evident is that when they had this scene where you know Peter is still trying to to find himself again and and you know is not quite sure if he is Peter Pan and he's having a having a meal with the lost boys and you know they sort of have to use their imagination and then the food uh you know kind of appears and it's sort of at that moment where you know Peter is is remembering who he is and 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 where he came from and you know again it's just one of those moments i think only a director like Spielberg could really capture where it's just sort of this the innocence uh, of childhood the innocence of of youth and of course give it that that thematic and cinematic punch up that just connects with us on a whole other level and and on that idea of connecting with us in a whole other level the great John Williams i mean perhaps the most important collaborator to with Steven Spielberg Williams score is just magnificent in this film i mean his scores are always incredible and enhance any film but this is one of those scores where i i do feel it is it is slightly underrated because he's able to to convey so much with 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 just a simple note of of music that we can feel remorse we can feel sadness we can feel joy and again that's that's one of the talents that that Williams has and i think this score is is magnificent because it feels fairy tale like it 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 brings to mind you know great epics in in movies there's sort of a throwback to the to the Errol Flynn films of Robin Hood or or Captain Blood even and and it just I, again it's it's only as as John Williams uh, can do and he just he's able to enhance any scene with with just a few a uh, few notes of uh, of music i mean the scene where peter is finally flying again i, I mean it's just magnificent it, it's absolutely magnificent and I mean, I was just, you know, finding myself just, just, you know, smiling and, and just, you know, having that warm, uh, that, that warm feeling inside, just watching the scene and then just sort of listening to the music because there's no real dialogue. It's just, you know, Peter rediscovering how to fly and, and circling around Neverland, and, and it's just a, a perfect thematic Peter Pan score. I mean, it's it's Peter Pan. Like whenever, whenever you. Uh, Whenever you hear it, you think, "Up, oh, that's 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 Peter Pan." I mean, I again going back to my own personal connection with it. During uh, during rehearsals for the uh, for the play, uh, one of the things we would we would do was actually listen to the score from Hook, just to kind of get everybody into the uh, into the groove, so to speak. Even though you know there was the whole uh, separate uh, you know, music list for for the play. Uh, just there's something about listening to John Williams music that it just it, it just connects with you and in this case you know transported us figuratively speaking to uh, to Neverland and just hearing it again and and watching it un, uh, unfold and listening to it, it it's it's no wonder uh, why he is frankly the greatest living composer I mean he just just a, a master at, at what he does and 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 any movie with his score is enhanced by it tenfold but um you know this is a this is a special film and i you know i i get it you know steven spielberg with his uh with his criticism because he he is the director he is the he is the creative force and certainly if the film didn't 
uh, live up to his expectations. But I, I would say, in you know, in spite of his uh, his his issues with it and his critiques, I, I really do feel like the film holds up, and it is a timeless a timeless tale because it's it's one of those movies where it reminds us of the important thing of don't be in a hurry to grow up. I mean, I know that's a cliche and, and, and certainly uh, we hear it time and again, but th- there really is, I think, a timeless message there that, that, it, that it's okay to, to hold on to youth. You know, don't be in a rush to, uh, to, to, you know, to become an adult. You know, and even once you, you do, you know, remember what is important. Remember where you came from, the importance of family and, and friends and, and love triumph over all material things. I mean, again, not to get preachy, but I mean, I think that's that's really at the heart of this film. Uh, in addition, I mean, it's just, it's wonderful cinematic candy for the eyes. I mean, it, it just, the Neverland sets, I know, that, you know, he had his issues with it, but I really think it, it does work. And, and there's something about it. I know I've said it before on this on this show, Anytime you can have real sets versus a digital set, I'm all for it. Because as easy as it is to go in and, and create a digital environment, it does lose something. I don't care how great it looks. I don't care how much money you pour into it. Nothing beats a practical set. And, and that is the thing with this movie. It, it, it looks and has that feel of a real place and it feels like hey this is neverland that's the jolly roger like it's just it's perfect it, it's absolutely perfect and i think it enhances the the enjoyment of this film because you can see the care and attention that went into the costuming what went into the set what went into the production value it, it's 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 magical and, and it's it has that sort of feel of a of a film from a from a bygone era, and that's you know certainly something that we, uh, you know, we definitely could hold on, you know, could, could could hold on to. But you know, it's I had a discussion with uh, with someone, um, you know, just actually the other day about this film, and whether or not you know because the film is called Hook, you know, what 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 does you know what does that mean? And and certainly by just you know looking at anything, okay, Hook, well. Captain Hook, you know, that, that means, you know, it's really the movie is about him. And I, I've always thought the title of the of the film, it kind of has a, a, a multi-layered meaning to it. You know, on the one hand, yes, Hook. Captain Hook is a, is a central, if not the central character in this film, because unlike, unlike Peter, who has grown up, who has changed and, and, and kind of becomes aware of himself again, Captain Hook is perpetually stuck in, in Neverland. He is frozen in time, you know, figuratively and, 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 and literally. And he's refusing to, to change. He's refusing to, to let time march on. He wants to hold on to truly to the past and, and, and reclaim something that will never be, you know, be found again because you know, certainly you go through these trials in life, you go through stages in life and and that's what it's all about. It's about the next step. It's about inevitability. Of course, you can look back with fondness and you can rediscover parts of yourself, but at the end of the day, 
life is about moving on. And Captain Hook is, is firmly planted at one point, refusing to move on, refusing to do any introspection. And so by that standpoint, the film really is about about his own failings, his own shortcomings. But on the other hand, you could look at the title Hook with another meaning, kind of Hook, not the name, but Hook as in the sort of the, uh, the, the prong or, or the, uh, the impetus for, for change. Peter is this person at the start of the film. He's, he's disgruntled. He's a workaholic. He's not taking time for his family. And yet, when his children are, are kidnapped, of course, by Captain Hook, it's that effort, that, that hook, if you will, that, that forces him to realize what is important, to rediscover what truly matters to him, rediscover who he is. You know, so it's sort of, I kind of look at it on, on, a, on a, again, multi, on multi levels. It's certainly a, a movie about Captain Hook's refusal to change, his refusal to, to move on, but also, you know, sort of the hook that, that, that brings Peter back to Neverland, the hook that brings Peter to, you know, back to, uh, to his youth, the hook that allows Peter to rediscover and remind himself of what actually is important in this world. And so, again, I kind of look at it on, on sort of you know, multiple, multiple levels. And I think on, on, on the other hand, you know, sort of the movie is a fairy tale. It's set in this, and of course, in this place, Neverland. And I think it's in some ways it, it sort of offers us a, a larger canvas, if you will, to, to say that, you know, hey, we can't hide, so to speak. We can't stay stay locked in, in a certain place as much as we'd love to, you know, never grow up and, and, and never have things change, you know, stay in, in Neverland. That is not part of life. We have to, to face reality. We have to face adulthood we have to face responsibilities and and we have to again going back to the, to the captain hook mention we have to move on we have to go on with our lives and there's a great line at the end of the film where everybody's been reunited the children are back peter's back uh, he's a changed man and and wendy says to him so your adventures are over and and he ends it by saying, no, to, to live, that would be a great adventure. That would be the greatest adventure. And, and that really, to me, encapsulates this entire film. Peter discovers what it is like to, to live again. You know, not to say that you know, he, he died and then came back, but, but to actually live, to be in the moment, to be present, to be real to be there for himself to be there for his children to be there for his wife to be in the moment that's i think what the movie ultimately is is about it's not about oh you know we must uh, you know face down captain hook or or uh, you know go back to neverland I mean, again those are all those are all plot points but i think at the the core this message is it's to remind us you know to live to 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 be present to be there and and to never forget that because it can be easily lost in the in the day to day shuffle and the day to day grind. But I, I I thoroughly enjoy this film and and I I you know I, I I understand that you know Spielberg has uh had his issues with it, but I I think it holds up remarkably well and it's a 
it's a wonderful it's a wonderful film. It's a wonderful family film. It's a wonderful feel good film. It's a wonderful special effects and and visual treat just with all of the sets and the and the props and, and the uh, the you know the fictional locations. It, it's it's magical. It, it's absolutely magical, and it's a a perfect film that reminds us of what is important to to always you know remember where we came from, to remember our our roots, to never you know lose ourselves or forget ourselves, but to always live and and, and be present in in the moment. Just a I don't know, just a, a wonderful, feel good, powerful film that made by arguably one of the greatest directors of all time. So I. I felt today, in, in, in honor of the uh, the new Peter Pan film that is uh, making its way over to Disney Plus, let's let's revisit this this classic and frankly, I think the the best live action version of Peter Pan. Even though this isn't a retelling, it, you know, it isn't a a, a full scale telling of the book. It is a wonderful reimagining of the Peter Pan lore and mythology that takes all of the important essence. You know, you've got Tinkerbell, you've got Neverland, you've got the Lost Boys, you've got the Pirates, you've got Hook, but then updating it for for modern audiences and, and, and kind of instilling the true uh, spectacle of, of, of Peter Pan, which of course, you know, at the end of the you know, the film, the Darling Children, Wendy John and Michael ultimately returned home. How you know, despite you know their insistence at the start of the story, they want to you know never grow up and they want to you know be kids forever. But ultimately, realizing that you know you do have to grow up, you do have to move on uh, and face the world. You know they do return home. You know change for the better, but ultimately. Uh, you know, go back to uh, to to reality and 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 ready to face what what comes their way, and, and it's uh it, it's all there. I mean, it's all there in this film, just just done up for for modern audiences. Going off of what I said earlier, I mean, not to you know disparage the other versions of of this tale because certainly it has been told and retold time and again there's of course been plays and broadway productions of it but there is something special about this film that the 2003 one other uh, remakes or reimaginings uh haven't captured and, and again i will see the disney plus film just because of of curiosity's sake uh but there's just something magical about this film, and I, I think it is the authenticity of it. Uh, not to say that the 2003 one, for example, which is a kind of a, a live-action version of the story, isn't authentic, but this this film has sort of an acknowledgement of, of the source material while also kind of saying, all right, we're not going to be beholden to it in a way we're gonna we're gonna you know be you know sort of loose with the material but also faithful to it and, and again it may just come down to, to to preference but I don't know th there's just something more endearing about this version than the other ones whereas the other ones kind of feel they're great and they're produced well and all these nice effects and 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 set design but this film just sort of has a, a magical quality to it that, it, again, it just feels 
it feels honest. It feels refre- it feels real, and it it I think captures the the essence of the Peter Pan story, not by kind of you know, beating you over the head with it, but by sort of weaving it through the narrative. And you know, again, maybe this is just sort of you know the nostalgia aspect of it, but I I, I always find myself wanting to go back and revisit this film versus any of the uh, any of the other versions. But I mean that of course, you know, is my opinion if you are a fan of the other other uh, interpretations uh, by all means. But uh, th- this one just it, it just hits different. And I think you know part you've, you've got Robin Williams and he was just such this larger than life uh, larger than life actor and, and just a, an incredible personality maybe that helps enhance it even more but there's just something between the score and just the just the story itself I, I I really do think this film was a was ahead of its time in in what it was trying to say this is not just Peter Pan for the 90s it, it, there really is I think a, a a deeper story and a deeper a deeper meaning with this film and you know again all the Peter Pan lore is there and the mythology is there but it feels fresh it doesn't feel forced and you know i think that's probably why i why i enjoy this film and why it it stands out uh above all above all the others but uh let me know your thoughts i am curious have you seen this film uh do you uh do you does it does it hook into you uh at, at, like it did for me but uh share with me your thoughts you can uh, follow me on Twitter, my personal handle is PhilCastMovies, or you can follow the show, which is Phil at the Movies. Of course, you can always email me at philupandlisten at gmail.com. I'll leave all that information in the show notes for you to find. Lastly, uh, as I have uh, mentioned in the past, doing another show with uh, my two buddies, Chris Evans and Anthony Caruso. We uh, we're doing it on all things DC related. It's called DC Unlimited. We drop it about every two weeks. We've got a new show uh, out now, and uh, feel free to uh, follow along and hear what we have to say about all things DC Comics, DC on film, uh, specifically with a a lot of emphasis and focus on my favorite comic book hero, Batman himself. But uh, I'll leave all that for you in the show notes as well. Uh, On that note, everybody, I think that takes care of today's episode. All I have to say, or I wanted to say on Hook, it's uh, just a wonderful feel-good movie. And and I I really wanted to do a nice uh, palate cleanser for uh, for today's show, uh, given that we've uh, done more of the the horror elements the last couple weeks. So uh, a little change of pace is always good. Uh, For next week... Uh, kind of, you know, tease it out right now. Going to be going back to that galaxy far, far away. The Force uh, will hopefully be with this show next week. But uh, definitely looking forward to sharing that episode with you. Uh, any chance I can get to talk about Star Wars is always a good day. And it's uh, it's going to be a family affair. So I will just uh, I'll leave it. Uh, leave it there for the time being. But uh, as always, you can uh, you know message me. You can uh, tweet at me. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode, as well as any of the other new films that I have uh, opined about over the last few weeks uh, here on this show. And Bill, uh, let me fill you in. But uh, that's all I got for you today. Hope everybody is well. Take care. Go check out some movies, and 
I'll be back next week, and we will do this all over again for the love of movies.